0: And welcome to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. We are the podcast that takes you through the doors of the casting process, the audition room, and tells you what happens when things don't quite go to plan in that place. My name is Christopher Bartlett-Walford. I am your host. And each week, myself and a guest from the world of entertainment, theatre, comedy and music delve into our bag of listener-submitted tales and read you the funniest ones from the week. They could be somebody ending up in A&E... Uh, After a dance call, they could be somebody absolutely choosing the wrong piece of music to sing and offending everyone. We share the fact that it's good to laugh at those moments, have a bit of a giggle, throw it away because it doesn't matter. At the very least, you've given the panel something to talk about for the day. This week, I am joined by the brilliant Caroline Kay. She's such an incredible vocalist and writer. Um, If you don't know her, find her on Instagram. We'll link down in the uh, episode description. She's awesome. I I found her work uh, a few months ago and then she released the musical with David Hunter The Space Between which they co-wrote during lockdown which we talk a little bit about in this episode as well they wrote it without ever meeting if you listen to our episode with David Hunter a few weeks ago you'll already know a little bit about it it's awesome one of the one of my favorite things that's happened in lockdown is finding that show And I watch it again and again and again. So if you haven't watched it, we'll link it down below as well. But we tell Caroline some of the funniest stories this week, and we share a few from her own history as well. As you're listening to the show, make sure you tweet along uh, so we can get your live reactions to the stories that we tell. And there is an absolute whopper of a rehearsal story this week. Oh, guys, it is terrible. What a way not to treat your performers. But we'll get to that. Each week, we start the show by asking our guests the same question. It's a good leveller, and it shows us a good way of how they respond to the audition process. And that question is, what do auditions mean to you?
1: Um, auditions, to me, uh, are that kind of, like, heart-dropping schedule changing opportunity so it's like a lot of bad and a lot of good because obviously we're in this business to get auditions to get work so anytime I hear that there's an audition happening and that I'm going to be seen I see it as an opportunity but I cannot help but have that like oh God, okay, how much do I have to learn? When is the audition? Do I have to move my work around? How can I make this happen? Am I right for the part? All of those questions, all of that stress, all of that worry. And then, I mean, depending on whether you really want the job or you don't want the job, you can have varying levels of stress and nervousness based around that as well. Um, So yeah, scary, but opportunities.
0: So it kind of goes off a bit like a firework and everything kind of happens at once
1: absolutely all of the emotions absolute roller coaster once you get that email
0: so, oh uh, I, i've got to do this and uh this and, uh, uh, and just absolutely kind of... but that never ended like whenever that happened to me it always ended up me just kind of going i don't want to do it anymore and then just like walking away i could never quite get past that so i commend you for keeping going and for
1: sticking it out
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah basically yeah, yeah. it's it's i I, we've said this a few times on the show and maybe as a writer you have experienced this as well but how's your response should you be thinking from the other side of the table especially with writing uh you know musicals yourself is there is there a preference to you doing either side do you prefer auditioning or do you prefer to think about casting other people in your work
1: no i so i've been working on a musical for years but i were not yet at the stage even though it's been years uh, where we'll be casting. Hopefully that will be happening very, very soon. COVID kind of got in the way of something there. But um, other than that, really, I've always been on the performer side of it. Um, And I don't really think, I actually think I'd be terrible on the other side of the table because... I don't know whether it's because I'm a performer and I have the experience of that side of it, or if I'm just a sensitive, empathetic person, I don't know. But I would feel the nerves of every single person walking in. I would just go out of my way constantly to make sure they felt okay. And I would just ruin the audition. so I, I don't really think about it from the other point of view in that sense. Um, yeah, I just think of of going in and performing my best and trying to pretend that I'm relaxed about it.
0: It's I mean, I've not written a musical, but whenever I was even casting for a kid's show that I wrote, it was always, my, my worry was always, and of course it's never going to happen because there's a million people who want to work. But my, my worry was, oh, maybe, what if... The right person doesn't come through the the door. (laughs) What what if, what if there's a hundred people and none of them are right? Obviously that's not going to happen because someone will surprise you and it will bring a a thing to life. But that was always my. But
1: hopefully that's a good thing for us to remember as performers is that, you know, and we, we always say this to each other, to, to remind each other to, um, you know, feel less stressed about auditions, but they do want you to do well because they're probably worried that like, oh God, what if the right person doesn't walk through? So, so as soon as you do walk in, they are like willing you to do well. So it's kind of good to remind yourself of that, that they want you to do well and get the job.
0: Everyone is actually on the same side.
1: Absolutely, that's <laughs> it may, it may true. may not
0: feel it, but yeah. they absolutely yeah. are.
1: Doesn't feel it, <laughs> but yeah.
0: <laughs> right. I'm going to start. I'm going to get straight into the stories this week. Okay. So we had some brilliant ones come in. They're, they're varied from all different sides of the industry. They're varied from different types of performance. Oh, and there's even one about rehearsal process this week. So Wow, are you, okay. Are you I'm ready? I'm ready.
1: I am so ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. So this this is such a sweet one to start off with. And it reminds us that... It doesn't even have to be professional theatre. It doesn't even have to be amateur theatre. It can be school theatre that things happen in. I love it. So this this came in on Instagram and she says, When I was in year six, I auditioned to be Mary in the school nativity. I'd rehearsed for weeks and finally felt confident to sing, or at least in front of my parents. The audition happened to be in front of the teacher that I fancied. I walked in immediately thought I was going to faint. So I said, I'd be back in a minute after getting some water. I walked straight to reception and asked them to call my dad to pick me up.
1: (laughs) I love the fact that as soon as she walked in, she was like, nope, need to leave. Done (laughs) In, out, out. done. (laughs) At least she knows her mind, you know, (laughs) she's a woman who knows her mind.
0: Oh, I mean, that's incredible. I read that and I was like, first of all, Hilarious. Second yeah. of all, I just yeah. want to give her a, give her a big hug and say, "Don't I worry, know. he's thirty five. It isn't going to happen." I
1: know. <laughs> but we can totally all relate to that. Like, I mean, I, I presume even no matter how um, professional you are, how many auditions you've done, you still get nervous. But I feel like it. From in my experience, there's nothing like the school auditions because that's with all of your peers. Like your your school is your world. So. It's just an extra level of fear and anxiety, I feel. So fair play to yeah. people doing their school auditions or at least walking in.
0: <laughs> I mean, and Mary isn't just any role. That's that's like the it's school choice. That is yeah. the role. It doesn't matter that's whether it. you're the sheep, third tree <laughs> to the left. Let's be honest. Yeah. No one cares. It's all about yeah. all about Mary. <laughs> I was a shepherd. Bear in mind, I went to quite a um, quite a religious place. I had quite a religious upbringing in in like Church of Wales school. We didn't even do a normal Nativity. We did something called oh David the little shepherd boy.
1: Oh wow!
0: I'm like, come on, guys.
1: So nobody got to be was was Mary even a part or no? Maybe it was because they didn't want everyone vying over Mary. Okay, I
0: don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? That was Wales for you. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> they only just got the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> What did, what did you do when you were at school? What was, the, what was the kind of thing? You said you were a shepherd. Did you do many plays and stuff, even through high school?
1: Um, my school didn't do a lot of musicals, actually, at all. So any musical theatre experience I had was either in the local church for, like, Easter and Christmas and stuff like that, where we'd do nativities or we'd do just, like, kind of plays, biblical plays, if you will. Um, and then it wasn't until my late teens that I started getting involved in amateur dramatics. But we didn't really have um, theater really in school, which is quite sad what? in primary school or secondary school. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. It, it, I, I, I mean, I, oh, I come from Wales, so it's kind of music and theater and all that a part of it. But it's I I just yeah. I don't think I did a full scale musical in school until like year 10, maybe, maybe year 10. Uh, I think we yeah. did South Pacific, I think. And even I mean, <laughs> that was, first of all, not the right show for an all white high school to do. <laughs> Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was cable we were all right but <laughs> it was <laughs> I just goodness me oh dear that was that was us. yeah looking back not not cool not cool Bishop of Lander shouldn't have done it
1: yeah questionable choices
0: so keeping it on the um keeping it on the school theme great uh we had another email story in and I won't name her but she's a very big supporter of the show so first of all thank you you know who you are she emailed in I had an ex-boyfriend, who was the year above me, who went on to study musical theatre at a top drama school based out of Surrey. We broke up for a few months, and my school was holding auditions to take a musical up to the Edinburgh Fringe. It was tradition that you could be invited back after a year after you left the school. It was the first time I was going to see him since our very rocky relationship ended, so I was already nervous, let alone the audition. I bumped into him as I walked in, as it was only a small audition cast anyway, and we had some small talk, but nothing more. While people were being called in to sing, we all waited in the green room. The green room was actually a thinly partitioned wall between the audition studio and us.
1: Oh, that's the worst.
0: Just a curtain. Goodness Always me.
1: Always <laughs> the way. Yeah. Although,
0: good prep for Edinburgh Fringe, because that's basically a venue. So that's, that's okay. True. <laughs> While my ex was talking about how much his voice had improved since studying, it dawned on me that we could hear everyone auditioning. People were shh each other between conversations to hear the songs. Now, not only is this guy my ex, but also he's a much better singer than I ever was, and now very well trained to nitpick people's songs. I got called in, and although I wanted to give my best audition, I couldn't help but feel deeply judged from behind the scenes knowing he was listening. I was about to sing when the director insisted that while I sang I Don't Know How to Love Him from Jesus Christ Superstar, there should be a guy lying down to who I sing to. Now, luckily, my director knew we were exes and chose another boy. was a close call. (laughs) However, I definitely didn't do the song justice, as I was reluctant to belt out in case he was to badmouth me to my friends. The whole process made me feel very on edge and anxious. I hope no one ever feels as judged or has a bad run in like I did. However, in the end, he didn't come to Edinburgh as his school didn't allow him while he was in the middle of training. And we did the amazing musical Assassins and I played Squeaky. So Aww, it had a happy ending.
1: A good ending. Oh, that's I good like them with hear. a good
0: ending. That's good. Of and course. That just is one of those things that you didn't need to overthink it. And if they can hear you, you can also hear them. So if they mess up, you can hear absolutely, them too. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. But God, we've all been there when you're when you're sitting waiting to into an audition. You can hear everything. But also, good to remember that if anyone messes up, in my experience anyway, the people outside who are waiting only feel for them. You know, there's yeah. no amount of you know animosity or judginess. Surprisingly, in my experience so far, so here's hoping that continues.
0: Maybe not in the room, but maybe <laughs> afterwards in Cafe Nero. But yeah. It's-
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably true
0: but yeah. you're right everyone and i think certainly going forward from all of this all of this um mm-hmm. everyone's going to have each other's backs a bit more and i think certainly Definitely. when whenever we're allowed to be in a waiting room with more than three people mm-hmm. everyone's just going to be on side from step number one in that waiting room and if you do have a bad audition it might feel a little bit more pressured than before but it shouldn't because it's going to be hard it's going to be hard to adapt to go back
1: yeah after so long of not doing auditions it's going to be very very strange for everybody yeah
0: so caroline tell me of a time during your career that you've gone into an audition and it hasn't necessarily panned out the way you expected or even if it was just a day where you something stuck in your mind from it and it just you thought why did that happen
1: okay well I don't have many very funny audition stories. And that's not because all of my auditions have been brilliant. It's just that like, they just maybe haven't gone my way or I just wasn't great on the day, but they're not necessarily hilarious. But there is one that comes to mind, which was just super awkward because um, it was one of those auditions that came really kind of out of the blue. Everything was happening very quickly. And I was in New York at the time. Um, My agent emailed me about the audition. Um, and then my flight got canceled. So I was trying oh. to book a new flight. It was just, everything was going wrong. Everything was stressy. Um, and so anyway, it turned out, so I got the material maybe like 24 hours before the audition, maybe slightly more. And it was like two songs and two scenes or something like that to perform of a show that was not, I think it had been done before, but it's not a well it wasn't a well-known yeah. show um, musical. It was more of like a a regional-esque set play with music. So it wasn't something that you could like very easily watch a YouTube video of or check out a soundtrack. So I knew I had to put time into learning this stuff, but I didn't have a lot of it because I didn't get much notice and the flight issues coming from New York and the anyway time difference. So I had a choice to make. Was I going to learn really well or as best as I could the material that they sent me in terms of like the specific scenes and songs Or was I going to, you know, read the whole show because they also sent the full script and have a general idea of the whole thing. And so I had to, unfortunately, I had to make a decision to do just one or the other. Obviously, in an ideal world, you'd be as prepared as possible. Yeah. So I decided I'm going to really work on these songs as much as I can in this short time. And I'm going to really look at these scenes and I'll just like try my best to skim the script, Google what I can. But again, there wasn't much. Anyway, I turned up at the audition and that's what I had chosen to do. I was just kind of hoping that it wouldn't necessarily come up because we had a fair bit of material to do. Anyway, I walked in and literally after saying, hi, how are you? The casting director was like, have you read the script? And and she wasn't like asking us like a questionable thing. It was just like a conversation starter. Um, And I was like, oh God, this is the moment. Like, do I say yes and pretend? And then she might ask something else down the line and then I'll just expose myself or do I, you know, should I be honest and say no? So I said, no, I was honest. I just said no. But then in my head, because I just kind of wasn't expecting her to ask me outright. I know from drama school and from advice that I've gotten that you shouldn't really walk into an audition and give excuses. I mean, if you're sick, they're probably going to hear that you're sick. Everyone has life excuses. Like I didn't didn't have much time to learn the stuff. I was working. All those, like we all have those. So it's not very good to give excuses. So instead of just kind of being honest and going, I'm so sorry, I was in New York. I've flown back. I haven't gotten a chance to read the script. I just said no and then said nothing else after that. So They had <laughs> sent me this script and then gone, hi, how are you? Did you read the script? No. No. <laughs> and that was that. Silence for a solid 15 seconds. And then they're like, okay, sit down." And I was like, that is literally (laughs) the worst start to this audition ever. Anyway, I didn't get the job. The casting director did mention it to my agent, but anyway, they've brought me in for more stuff. So hopefully they haven't blackmarked me. But it was just the awkwardness of afterwards. I should have just said something, but no, I just left it at no, I didn't. That's
0: that's hilarious. (laughs) Cause you're so (sighs) lovely and you just go, no. No.
1: And it was the first thing. It just probably seemed such like a diva thing. Have you taken the time to read this incredible musical? No.
0: No. No. Uh, I'll do it Do it on the night. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, oh, thank you for coming in for uh, Carmen. Have you? Do you like opera? That's disgusting.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it was really like that. I gave it no context. They were probably like, this girl is awful. But the
0: thing is, I bet inside you were going, because I was in New York and I had a no time. But... I know
1: <laughs> but then I in my head I was thinking that might make it sound worse like oh, I'm really busy I've just been away I had a flight you know you don't anyway anyway you should it didn't have said go
0: well you should have said like oh well I've actually been in New York and I, I've, I flew home early so I could get to the the audition for you so I, I've learned the material and then they would have gone oh so I've, I've got to like her I
1: should have I should oh, have
0: retrospect oh dear yeah, that's really hindsight. funny though that's really fun. And at least you the thing go. is, yeah. you, you knew you didn't mean it. And I suppose, you know, you can just drop it in my laptop and go, I didn't mean I didn't want to, le- <laughs> to read it.
1: Yeah, I th- I think hopefully they knew. Hopefully they sensed the awkwardness of it all. And ho- maybe my agent let them know. Uh, who knows that I was traveling. <laughs> anyway, it was awkward.
0: I really like that. That's really good.
1: Go. <laughs>
0: oh, dear me. Uh, talking of New York, we had... Uh... <laughs> This is, this is great because this is another really innocent one. Uh, we had a guy email us in uh, who said, how about a story from the other side? And this isn't, this isn't even too bad. It's just innocent and not knowing any better. But I, I, this really made me giggle. He says, how about the other side? I was a 23-year-old PA at a big agency in Manhattan. Our casting wasn't usually in our headquarters, but for some reason that time it was. This was back in 2001, and I believe we were casting for a cigarette commercial. Oh, they used to advertise cigarettes. The producer I worked for asked me to greet everyone auditioning and ask them to have a seat, and we'd start shortly. Our lobby was an enclosed space, no windows, and within 20 minutes, it was full of commercial aspirants. The call sheet must have been egregiously attractive 20-something men and women. Keep this in mind, this was back when smoking was still cool, before you couldn't do it in public spaces, and long before Don Draper and vaping. Before long, we were on the verge of violating the fire code, and there was no rhyme or reason because I was 23 and I hadn't been instructed to account for either. I just said, hello, have a seat, they'll start shortly, again and again and again. Did I mention it was nearly five o'clock in the evening? Eventually... One of the actors, a young woman still probably a few years older than I was, approached me and said, have you thought about maybe having a sign-up sheet so there's some kind of order? Implemented immediately. Immediately, the atmosphere shifted from tension to just waiting. And I'm sure the first person who arrived wasn't the first person on the list and going in first anyway. I wish I knew what happened with the commercial, but I was just the PA following orders. (laughs) God, was so, so, the
1: PA not told to take a sign-up list?
0: What? <laughs> I love the fact that oh, he literally dear. took it at face value. Say hello. Yeah. Tell him we'll start soon. That's not it. Oh, Don't just God. stop at that.
1: <laughs> and the fact that he just kept repeating that every now and then. Hello to the nice new Nice to meet people you. Who take who a seat.
0: Us. There's three seats. Yeah, yeah just take oh. a seat. <laughs> I thought that was oh, really nice. sweet and quite innocent <laughs> yeah. because he is just doing what he's told to do.
1: Absolutely, and I mean, if you've never been in that environment before, you're not gonna know what the done thing is, are you? Worlds away. Oh God, at least that that young actress helped him out a little bit. She was probably very (laughs) frustrated. Can you take my name, Yeah, but she was
0: 45th through the door. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not actually here for the commercial. I'm trying to find the toilets, but I'm too far in now. (laughs) I need to help you organise this. (laughs) I'm at the back. I'm bursting. (laughs) So I I don't tell a huge amount of stories that I have dealt with. um, But I thought I'd tell you a story. It wasn't even a, an audition story, but it was one about being cast in something, which I thought, which I thought was hilarious.
1: Right.
0: So when I was when I was a child, um, back in Wales, the licensing licensing for child actors and young person performers now is very specific, mm-hmm. very different. It was a little bit more relaxed in, back then, and our local authority was nice and chilled about it all. Basically, oh, you want to work? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of things were shot between Bristol and Birmingham back then, before Cardiff became quite a big base for stuff. And I got asked to do Doctors a couple of times. The old the old great. CV yeah. tick there. Everyone's done the Bill or Doctors.
1: Absolutely.
0: I never got the Bill. Oh, I would have loved the Bill. Doctors is good. I, so I, this yeah. is it, right? I thought, oh, great. And I'd done a little extra part, but this was like a named part i I didn't have any lines because that meant they had to pay me more uh but (laughs) so i did it and 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 the storyline that i had was i had to be my character was the secret half brother of a little boy who turned out had leukemia and needed a bone marrow transplant to save his life his dad his dad was my dad but i was his secret family up in scotland okay Ooh. Oh. too too good of a storyline yeah. for a midday yeah. drama I thought I thought that's good that's a whole Crazy. series that's good so I filmed it and and did it and had a few scenes with Christopher Timothy. I think it was back at the time and it was yeah, it was cute I did it It went back home a couple of weeks later. My brother gets a part in doctors and he has to uh look quite uh, quite specific um and the the child that he had to play. Turned out was very poorly and had to be on some sort of radio or chemotherapy. So they had to shave his head, completely shave his head and all his eyebrows and every single trace of hair. And he was maybe. He was maybe like kind of nine or ten. He was young to have a completely scalped head. But it turns out the part that they'd cast my actual brother in was the part of the secret brother to the part that I was playing, and they had absolutely no idea that we were real brothers because it wasn't the same people casting it. that is so cool. But they were like, oh yeah, we we thought your surname was similar. Well, no, it's because we live in the same house. Just check the address. (laughs) That's
1: crazy. What are the chances of that?
0: I have absolutely no idea, but I was telling someone the other day, they're like, you've got to mention it on the show. And I'm like, really? But how mad is that?
1: Yeah. I feel, like they, I feel like they often audition lots of kids for things like this because they need to just have that right look. So that's so funny. Yeah. Like the chances of the two of you
0: Why? mad. What I love about it though is, I'm not sure this will make it in the show. But my dad had to chaperone my brother up, obviously, yeah. because he was young. And he had to, they had to shave his head on the one day and do the filming on the next day because it took so long. So he took him around Birmingham in the, in the daytime, took him to the aquarium and out for a pizza. Got, went to the aquarium and they were like, oh, would you oh, like no. a, a, tour, a backstage tour of the aquarium? And dad's like, well, they're very, very kind. Yes, of course. It must be quiet. Oh. They do this all the time. Going round and then they went out for dinner for a pizza later. He was oh, here's, here's, a, here's a free dessert. You, you deserve it. And he's like, well, it's a very, very lovely place. Bless <laughs> their Thought he was some kind of make a wish oh, kid or something. Oh,
1: bless. But how nice. What did, I mean, you know, he obviously didn't necessarily deserve it. But how nice of all of those people to be so compassionate. <laughs> it really,
0: really When Well, I remember that the other day. That really tickled me. But I can't believe, looking back on it, that casting teams didn't realise that we were siblings. That's crazy. And they told us they had no idea. This wasn't me assuming. To cast my actual brother as my or I as his yeah. completely secret brother in a show. Crazy. I don't, think, I don't even think I've ever seen it. I, I know the episode aired, but I don't think I've ever seen it. So I'll have to... Yeah,
1: you need to try and ask dig that Ask out. someone
0: to delve into the BBC archive somehow. But I thought I'd tell you that one, because that's not For even an sure. audition.
1: That's a great story. I love
0: it. It's a bit mental, yeah. isn't it? It's just completely, completely out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, it's very unlikely.
0: My my dad felt so guilty. <laughs> so
1: guilty. He probably knew exactly what he was doing. Taking him to each place. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, like, hey, 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 come, come and buy his new car with me. Yeah. I mean. yeah. <laughs> He's always wanted a Ferrari. Oh, yeah. oh God. <laughs> oh, dear me. Hello, Christopher here. I'd just like to remind you that if you have a story for us, make sure you email it to us. We're at don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. It could be a really funny audition story. It could be one of those times that you think, oh, that was a little bit embarrassing. Just email it in and we can help you get rid of all those feelings that you connect to them. Throw it away and remind you, it doesn't matter. It's okay. And it happens to everyone. So yeah, email us your stories. DontCallUsPod at gmail.com. Back to the episode. So this this story came in this week from an actor who uh, saw us on Twitter. We're at DontCallUsPod uh and feel free to slide into our dms and send us our, your stories there we're not going to tell anyone who you are we're not going to say any names of any shows you're all anonymous you're in safe hands and this is just one of those stories of a day that snowballs and snowballs and snowballs until you just want to run away i'm and already anxious oh i've read this twice already <laughs> he starts so a few years ago, I auditioned for a very popular Dublin pantomime. I'd only ever professionally auditioned once previous. I was working in a sales job, so I was dressed in a shirt and slacks and planned to change before I went in. I stopped to get diesel on the way, and on the complete nervous state that I was, I filled the tank with petrol instead of diesel. And I only realised once it was already full. No. First off, I had to call someone out to get the car pumped at a cost of about 400 euros, which would take about two hours. The audition was in an hour. So I had to abandon the car and get a taxi, which was another 25 euros each way. I rocked up to the audition just in time, completely frazzled. I could hardly remember my own name, let alone any songs. Was called in and where I'd usually introduce myself to everyone in the room, I came out with a random, well, that's been the worst day so far. (laughs) Worth noting that I'd never met any of these people and none of them knew me. (laughs) All five on the panel were confused and trying not to waste time, I just moved on and left them confused. (laughs) Then they commented on my choice of attire. A little overdressed for a pantomime, aren't we? I had to explain that I was a salesman who was skiving off for the audition and had a little incident on the way before getting a chance to change. What was the incident? Did I wet myself in less formal clothes? Don't know. Who cares at this stage? (laughs) OK, let's start the audition, shall we? Perfect. Super. Thanks a bunch, she said. Decided to read first. I'd been in a lot of amateur pantomimes before. I've written numerous scripts for sold-out runs and have since been in professional panto, so I was confident that I'd get this part across fairly well, despite being all over the place. The creative team decided to walk around the theatre the whole time, so I wasn't really sure if I was reading for the part or I should in fact act out an improvised scene across the whole stage. I went with the walking around the stage. Not sure why. Red and was asked to try it in a more childish way. Absolutely no problem. I've done childish. I used to work in Tato Park, telling Native American stories that are somehow related to crisps. Anyways. Went again, got a thank you. Should we move on to singing? At this point, I just wanted to leave. I was told there was a speaker I could connect to if I wanted, but wanting to get out of there, I went without a backing track. Up-tempo pop first. Panic. I'm going to sing Castle on the Hill, he says. It was popular at the time. Producer number one. I don't know that one. Producer number two. It was our finale last year. Oh, great. They're definitely sick of this song. I sang out of breath and even a little strained at one point. thought to myself, oh, I've started in the wrong key. Of course I have. That's the theme of today. Producer number one. Do you want to start again? I think you started quite high, the musical director. No, he started fine. It's just out of his range. Oh, God. I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but it's not out my range. (laughs) I'm dying inside now. Producer number one. Have you got a Disney song prepared? Absolutely. I love Disney. I know endless Disney songs. Mind went blank. I didn't know any Disney songs. I went with Go the Distance from Hercules Choice. or at least my own rendition of Go the Distance from Hercules. <laughs> the nightmare is nearly over. I got that done. Did the traditional thank yous and goodbyes. Then went to grab my stuff and leave. The last producer as I was walking out the door said, "Best of luck with your sales." I didn't get the part. Oh. God. oh one dear, thing that's after just one another. Of those days. Oh, I feel and for That's him. it. It's it's not even that bad if you start a key if you start a key too high in a song, that's all right. You could do it again. But after you've already messed up the script a little bit and not done it right and already commented that you've had a bad day, and it, Oh my And when
1: you walk in there flustered, you don't deal with anything in the way that you might if you're like more cool, calm and collected. You know, if you if you had an okay day and you started in a wrong key, you might be quite you know calm and going oh actually i'm just gonna almost you know confident with i'm just gonna do a restart but when you're already flustered it's just i can understand it just going from bad to worse
0: it it just shows how much we can how much pressure we can put on ourselves for the smallest of things because if it was just even if it was a normal day filling up your tank with the wrong fuel Everyone's done that to some extent or gone to pick it up. That itself is a rubbish day, but you can sort it out. But then knowing that you have to be the best in your other career, and that, oh, it just, you can just feel the vice tightening on your own mind every single time.
1: Yeah, But
0: you can send it into us and throw it away out into the And he said he
1: went on to do professional panto. So, you know, it gets better, guys. It's done all right.
0: There's something about Dublin pantomime auditions and our show that we get sent in so many stories about auditioning for panto in Dublin so keep them coming in
1: oh dear (laughs) Dublin representing
0: there was there was such a wonderful one um it was about the Wizard of Oz audition basically he auditioned to be toto they did a full-on movement improv singing and dancing audition only for them to cast a real dog
1: stop it well honestly <laughs> if i so... were him if... i'd feel good about that because at least it wasn't like another human who was more talented than him They just, clearly just decided to go a very different way with the part so, you yeah. know you know your
0: your species is not yeah. enough for our show yeah. i'm afraid
1: yeah. not what they wanted <laughs> oh dear <laughs>
0: So tell me a little bit I know we we spoke to David about it but tell me how making the space between was for you how did it come about who who made the first let's write a show together how how did you find it working from your side of it and tell us a little bit more about that it process. was
1: such a great experience um it was David who reached out to me we still haven't met we've never met but I obviously knew who he was um and he says he knows who I was which I'll take um because we're both obviously <laughs> in the same circles and then because we write music as well and release music you know we just it, have a lot of mutual friends and things like that Um, and we had um recent shows each of us at the the other palace solo gigs um so we knew of each other and we had done one little instagram collaboration at the beginning of of lockdown which was fun but then he just um reached out and he said he had this you know cool idea of a mini musical happening via zooms about this couple. And he was like, do you have any interest? Like, have a, I think it was a, a voice note he, he messaged me, which then became the theme for our entire communication. Um, and he was like, what do you think? Do you like the idea? Do you want to be involved in writing it? um and because i'm working on my own musical which i have been working on for years um and i should be spending all of my free time doing that i said absolutely this sounds like an excellent (laughs) way to procrastinate um
0: do you know what i need another distraction that's (laughs) um
1: but actually funnily enough once i did start working with him at least for the first couple of weeks it actually made me more disciplined because i was like okay now i really have to you know organize my time well, because I have to get some stuff of my own musical done. Um, but it was a really great process. Um, so yeah, the initial idea was David's and then we just kind of chatted so much about the the couple and what they each wanted and and what point in their lives it would be and how we would make it work and how we would, would like technically make it happen because we that duet, we honestly didn't know if it would work until we tried it. Um so we had written everything we had planned everything but it was all riding on on a live whatsapp call I think it was or was the last one of facetime I think it was a whatsapp call um working it was all riding on that working and then I think David said when you you chatted to him that you know if one of us got a notification from somebody um because we couldn't turn our internet off or else we wouldn't have been able to do the call um yeah, like if the Internet went, if there was too much of a delay, which is so common with, you know, doing anything online, if anything went wrong. If one of us wasn't recording properly, it was it was stressful and it was challenging. But um, but the writing process was great. The The filming, like I say, was stressful, particularly for someone like me, who is in no way technologically minded um but it was just so good in lockdown to have something really creative to i mean i have other projects like i say i had my musical but that's such a a massive mountain to climb whereas because this was something that was so kind of achievable in a shorter space of time it really kept the cogs turning in my in my brain and you know when i'm not being creative even though this might sound cheesy and artsy fartsy i i kind of (laughs) just lose the will a little bit um so it was really great so that
0: explains your new TikTok edition then <laughs> yeah absolutely right?
1: i need exactly <laughs> i need to be i need to be doing stuff and thinking about <laughs> that's it but yeah it was it was a really great experience um i hope myself and david do get to meet i hope we can work on something else um together at some point but i
0: i can see it working live that's all I'm saying. I can see it working. You could literally have socially. One of you could be in the studio. One of you could be in the main house of a venue. True. Yeah. You could beam it in. Could choose who you go and watch.
1: Yeah. It's it's cool. We could you know we could do different things with it, and or we could write others something completely different. Yeah. So you know,
0: the prequel stuff. Yeah, I like you it. Never know. And how how was it casting your mother? Do you do you feel she fulfilled the role correctly? Do you feel like she's Maybe could do a bit of work after previews. Uh, How did- Honestly,
1: at first I was like, can we get someone like Rachel Tucker or something? You know, even though Rachel Tucker is not old enough to play my mother, but you know, she's, she's an actor. She would have made it work. <laughs> um, but, and I love her. But um, David was like, you know, I really think your mom would, not that I didn't want my mother, but I'm just, Very conscious of her absolute lack of any sort of theatrical experience of any kind, Um, (laughs) and just being like an Irish mammy—it's really not her world. And I was just envisaging like how many takes we might have to do. And but anyway, David convinced (laughs) me. um, You know, I I show my parents a lot on on Instagram and stuff like that. So there are people who follow me who appreciate my parents. so I thought maybe it will be kind of a quirky, fun thing to have her in it. And you know what, she did play a blinder. There was one part, um, obviously in the in the song that I sing with her, a solo, but she's on the other end of the call. And um, we did one or two takes just to make sure everything was going well, and it was, it was fine. And then I said to her, cause she was doing nothing on the other end. She was just kind of standing there. And I was like, that's great. But you know, if I was really saying these words to you as your daughter telling you about this, like, really stressful time. What am I going to do this, you know, relationship that's breaking up and, you know, maybe just give me some facial responses that you might give. And so I pointed to one line in particular, I was like this one, especially, you know, you might respond with a sympathetic face or a, a, a head tilt or something. Anyway, so we, I gave her that little bit of direction and then we went for another take. So I went back upstairs to my room into my little cubby, um, and we got, I got everything going, the screen recording, the garage band, everything set to go. And we go, and this line, this one line, one line that I gave her um, comes and goes. So I'm like, okay, she's obviously just decided to disregard that direction completely. And then it was probably like a full minute later when I saw a dawn in her eyes like, oh, wait, I was supposed to do something. So just out of the <laughs> blue, she does this like, oh, and it's like a really old, over the top like dramatic head tilt that I could only describe as like a clown at a children's party like it was just so I just stopped everything I was like okay no 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 do nothing do nothing the nothing was fine just do make yourself a cup of tea while I'm talking to you and that's how the the kettle and the tea stuff got involved but
0: it felt so natural watching it and I like I said I, I like to know watching something like this i i wanted to know exactly kind of how you made it so i could really appreciate the work that went into it yeah and and i i knew she was your mum, but i didn't know all of this but it really felt so lovely and so natural and i thought it was a really nice touch to have your real mum in there as well
1: oh well i will let her know she'll be delighted she's gotten better response than me so you know which is typical she's
0: got another she's got a solo gig at the other palace now so
1: 100 percent. unfortunately for me (laughs) i'll be like her backing singer or something
0: so in our show it's obviously really useful to uh remind people if you go if it goes wrong in an audition don't worry about it it can be thrown away yes we cling on to things sometimes rightly or wrongly but we use them to to move ourselves on in our careers of auditions but sometimes you get the job and something doesn't quite go to plan or circumstances mean that you didn't enjoy it as much you thought you would or something just Doesn't, doesn't fall into your, well, you're here. This is, this is about a rehearsal process and let's call this actor Billy. He says, this was entirely one of the worst professional experiences of my life. I was about a year out of drama school when I was cast in a touring pantomime for schools. There'd be several casts performing the same panto for different parts of the country at the same time. Pretty standard for that time of year. Rehearsals were planned out so that three casts, each of them had three performers, would all be rehearsed simultaneously in one week, then have a few weeks off while other casts rehearsed before picking up their tour gear and setting off on the road. First day of rehearsals, we had a speech about how many of the former casts went off to work in the West End and for the BBC, definitely all down to working for this school's touring company. We were also told about how the microphones would work in the tour. Two wired handheld mics on stands would be at the front of the stage, Through the show, we'd step to one to deliver our lines, then step back to resume the action of the scene. If we showed we were good enough with the static mics, we could graduate to radio mics, he says, which would free us up on stage. Odd, but this being my second contract like this, who was I to judge? The directors were people who performed for the company in the previous two years and were invited back to come and teach, not rehearse, but teach the show to us. The directors would then pop in on us on the occasional show on the road to keep us in check. Our director was very good and we picked up the blocking really quickly. So quick in fact that we were told if the owners of the company signed us off, we'd be allowed to take the rest of the week off. This was on day two of the week and therefore an exciting prospect for young actors to have some paid time off. The owners were a husband and wife team. She was the creative, he the financial. We performed for the wife, feeling confident and excited. Five minutes into the run, we were stopped. The wife asked me why I hadn't learnt the script. Shocked, I replied, "Why? Well, I thought I had, and apologised if something made it seem otherwise. She brought over her script, which she'd been making notes on during the show, and showed me all the words I'd missed, underlined. Now, it might come across as an exaggeration, but I swear it's true. She was making notes on me saying, there's my hat, instead of, there is my hat. He says I have the utmost respect for writers being one myself and the words they provide us as humble talking props. But her critique seemed a little bit petty. I was in no position to argue though so I accepted the reprimand politely and our rehearsals continued. I went home and doubled down on the script learning to make sure I got everything word perfect. The next day during our break time she came over and we had a chat about my not learning the script. I told her I went home that night and learned it as word perfectly as I could and I'd strive to be better next time. You know, nice and positive and showing how ready I was to go. She smiled and asked me to come and watch one of the other casts perform. Just me, not the rest of my cast. To see what they were doing differently. Or as she put it, where I was going wrong. I watched script in hands to follow the show, eager to pick up some hints as to how I could make her happy with my performance. But was astounded when the male role I was watching was improvising 100% of his lines and performing really well at the same time, I should say. But the lines weren't right. The wife turned to me and said, that's what we're looking for, get it, very smugly. I smiled and walked off as she signed that team off to be the ones to go home early. I returned to my cast and told them what happened. Our director was wonderful and said, she just likes things a certain way. So I implemented some of the things the other cast had done. It seemed so convoluted, but that must be what she wanted. While in one run, we were stopped again by her as she'd been watching while passing through the room. I was called over again and told off again for paraphrasing. And again, I don't know what it was, but it must have been, I'm off to make my fortune in London. That was the script. I'm off to London to make my fortune. My own rendition. Minimal at best. Mm -hmm. My cast and her director defended me, but she simply said it wasn't at all close to what she expected. I had a heated talk about the level of improv from the other cast and explained what I'd watched. She shook her head and simply told me, focus on your own performance first, maybe. Directly contradicting her own choice to tell me to watch the other team's show and learn from them. I am so confused by now and so disheartened by her attitude specifically towards me. I came in the next day absolutely fuming. Lines so perfect I could rewrite the entire script without looking. Energy up really high and positive. Ready to prove that I was the performer I knew I was. We did the show. She smiled and walked off, signing us off as ready. I was so relieved. Fast forward a few weeks. We came back to do our revision performance before setting off on tour with all the equipment. I'd spent the last few weeks looking at that script every single day just to be extra secure in my words. Five minutes in again, we were stopped. The wife said, I honestly don't know what happened, but you've gone back to your old bad habits. I was incensed. I demanded to know what the story point I'd altered by changing I can't seem to find my cat to I can't find my cat. She smugly shrugged and told us we wouldn't be going out on tour that week. We would instead restart the entire rehearsal week again and go out when she thought we were ready. I could take no more of this targeted stuff towards me and I just walked off. Stop it. I wish I could, but there's more. Before I left the premises, the husband came to talk to me. He was a much calmer and nicer presence. him what my issues were and what had happened and what he could do to help. Reassured by this, he was genuinely nice, I explained what I was feeling. He actually apologised about it all, and we tried to work out a mutual compromise for the good of the show. It was really, genuinely amicable. As we talked, the wife came out to ask what was happening. Husband. Billy feels like he wants to leave because of the way things have been handled towards him. Wife. We'll let him leave. We can replace him. She stormed off. The husband looked at me, jaw on the floor, absolutely stunned. He asked what I wanted to do. I said I'd take her advice. I picked up my bag and I left. I just couldn't work in that kind of passive-aggressive, personal-attacking environment. Not even passive by this point, just outright unprofessional. They never paid me for rehearsals but I feel it was a small price to pay to be rid of such an evil environment. It's rehearsal processes and attitudes from the people running them like this that give this kind of work a bad name. It's so much fun to take shows into schools and youth groups and festive shows to people who can't get to the theater. But this experience, this company, made me never ever want to work in that side of the industry again. And I imagine many like me. I bumped into one of my castmates recently they told me they had to pay one of the other directors double my fee to go on tour with me, script in hand. Stop. Karma.:
1: God. Well, a part of me is glad that he left, that Billy left, but, um, I mean, that's oh, just horrendous, God. and then the fact that they didn't pay. I mean, Frustrating.
0: I just want to give you a hug, I know, Billy.
1: Billy. Bless you.
0: Because clearly he was trying to do every yeah. single thing he could to help his cast and the director who taught him the show, who, let's face it, if the actors aren't doing something correctly, that's that director's job Absolutely. in that context. Seems there's clear the clear hierarchy there. So why the director wasn't getting it in the neck, I don't yeah. know. Not that he, the director sounded like a bad person yeah, at yeah. all. They sounded wonderful. But, but
1: Yeah, the fact that Billy was so eager to do everything, you know, to make yeah. it to her liking. You know, there'd be a lot of people who'd be like, "No, I'm doing. I know what I'm doing," or I, you know, but he was so. Even though he felt like she was being ridiculous, which she was, he was still so eager to please her and, you know, fulfill the job as she wanted. But oh, yeah, God, some people. So I think the lesson, them.
0: the lesson from that is stick definitely stick to your guns and stand up for yourself politely and Absolutely. professionally and respectfully. Also, with pantomime, and I say this as someone who writes pantomimes professionally. I'm okay with one or two words being different Yeah, because pantomime evolves with your audience. Absolutely. The whole point is there. not every line,
1: but yeah. in areas
0: that there can be ad-libs, yeah. that's, you write them in because the audience expect Absolutely. that. So it's going to change, especially if you're taking it into youth mm-hmm. groups and schools and primary schools and things like that. Yeah. Kids are going to throw things at you, which means you aren't going to be able to say one or two words or yeah. lines every now and again. So if that's the reins that she put on it in, in a rehearsal room, Goodness me.
1: Which it's obviously not because the the other guy, the other cast that they went to see, he, they were improvising. So I'd say she just had some random trivial reason why she just didn't like him. And she was going to do everything to make it difficult for him, unfortunately.
0: Billy, oh, Billy, we're giving you a hug yeah, through the podcast. Hug, I promise. Are there any other audition moments that stand out? Maybe it was a really good one that you had, even if you didn't get the job, a really positive audition process, something that somebody did, a team did, or a panel they asked you to do something that you were like, that was different and I really liked that. Is there anything like that that stands out for you?
1: Maybe it makes sense to tell this little, it's barely even a story, but just a little experience uh, where I was auditioning for a Sondheim show and the person who went in before me, again, talking about those paper thin walls, the walls were paper thin and she, I'm tr- I think it was a girl who sang Miller's Son, which is also a song that I was going in to sing after. So I was like, oh God.
0: Oh, always, um, but always. But unfortunately
1: for her, it just wasn't a good day. It's that song is so wordy and it can happen to the most prepared person that you just, in the moment it goes. So she got to the kind of, uh, she had, she had gotten past the first kind of lyrical bit and then it was going into the patter section and she just kind of tripped over herself. And so I could hear that they stopped and rewinded and she started again and it was beautiful. She didn't say I'm nervous or anything, but got to the patter bit again and just like really lost it again. And I was like, just willing, you know, willing her on, especially because I knew the song so well, I was like saying the words because I know what that's like when you when you are tripping over them, because there are so many. And especially with sometimes it's not just that there's so many, but they're all, you know, beginning with the same letter and everything. Um, (laughs) Anyway, she came out and it was that kind of like, like stereotypical bad audition that you'd see portrayed in a film where she like ran out of the room and she was upset and she was crying. And the casting director who Uh I know, who I won't name, um but even though this is a good story um came out and found her she was in the bathroom and like had a whole conversation with her like sort of in private but again it was a small place and we could all hear and she was and you don't get this often I'm not saying that the casting directors aren't nice people they are all lovely and in my experience they have all generally been very very lovely but you know they're very busy and they have a lot of people to see and I just thought to stop everything, to stop the auditions and to come out and just take a few minutes. And I could hear the casting director just begging the performer up and saying like, this happens all the time. Like you'll prepare again, you'll you'll do a better job. Like, please don't worry about this. And I was like, oh my God, I have had some like not great auditions in my past and I haven't gotten that kind of support. And I just, maybe it's a good idea to sort of end on a, you know, that, that people on the other side of the of the table really do get it, you know? So yeah that was nice that was-
0: and they are on your side We like we yeah. said
1: they're on your side that's me and david song just
0: plug <laughs> plug plug plug. Uh, the nice thing is that i think maybe going forward after this certainly maybe with theater auditions because that's you know that's more my background of of casting we're we're all going to be so happy to see each other yeah. <laughs> we're all going to be so happy to just see anyone <laughs>
1: absolutely yeah we're all just going to be so happy to be in rooms with other musically minded people and i feel like and it's it's already happening but even seeing any shows happening right now any casting yeah. things i'm just like oh amazing delighted i mean i'm always happy for people but especially yeah. now i'm just like wow i'm so happy for these people because it just means so much more than it even does you know in regular yeah. times
0: this goes out in three weeks. We might be back to square one by then. I'm not sure. <laughs> Who
1: knows? <laughs> Who knows?
0: But yeah, I it's um, it, I think going forward it's going to be a, a really wonderful experience for people on all sides of the casting table, all sides of the industry. Whether it's you know commercials, voiceovers, yeah. ADR, so. anything, it's just it's just going to be so nice to be yeah, again. Absolutely. And I, I I'm looking forward yeah, to that. Same we ask every guest what your audition addition would be would it be something silly or fun to make the process more enjoyable maybe it's something useful caroline what would your audition addition be
1: honestly this is an this is like such an old one but i honestly think it would be either getting the tiniest little bit of some sort of feedback from them in in the moment or just and I know we've talked about this for years, but after the fact, getting a little email or getting something so that you can sort of plan the rest of your days. To be honest, I think auditions generally are, while they scared me massively, um, I don't feel like there's much that I would add to the actual audition process because, like, you, they don't have a lot of time. You know, I mean, in a dream world, yes, there'd be a cat or there'd be a puppy. That would be lovely. Um, oh, you can dream. Yeah, you you can, can dream. Maybe. It's no, fine. you know what? I've just changed my mind. So also that, but you know, it would be great—just a little cup of tea to start. I feel like would really ah, just yes. settle everybody. Now the gasping team would be drinking a lot of tea, but maybe if the performer could just come in, have a little sit, have a few sips, and then get going.
0: Maybe like a shot glass of tea. Yeah, that's it. Just a little. Just tea. to get
1: you warmed up.
0: Long Island or some iced. Buca,
1: or um, <laughs> who knows?
0: See, this is basically. Let's yeah. all get hammered. That's 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 the day. <laughs> Either I like that not. though because it just settles you. Also, a lot of audition rooms are very cold, True. so it could help in True. everything. Yeah, not only help warm the voce, help warm your fingers before you tremble yeah. with your sheet music.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I like that. That's, there you go. Again, an odd, an oddly useful one. <laughs>
1: absolutely, <laughs> I'd like to see it happen now when we get back to it. <laughs> Tea all round. <laughs>
0: And that was this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You with the excellent Caroline Kay. If you head to our Twitter and Instagram at Don't Call Us Pod, we'll be sharing lots of her work over the next few days uh, after the episode's released. Um, Also, we'll be linking to the Space Between Her musical that she co-wrote with David Hunter in the episode description. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can watch it on YouTube. It's absolutely brilliant. It's 14, 15 minutes of your life and you will absolutely love it. You can find loads of clips from our show on our Instagram or our Twitter at Don't Call Us Pod. And the most important thing that you can do is email us in your audition stories. If you know a friend who's got one, get them in touch with us, become part of our show. You are the very heart of everything that we do here at Don't Don't Call Us Pod Towers. We have such a wonderful time reading your stories, hopefully absolving you of those memories of when it failed and it just clung into your head and buried itself deep into your psyche because it doesn't matter everything is fine it's one of those things that happens and we throw it away and move on if this was your first time listening to the show make sure you listen to all the previous 12 episodes everyone is free and we have such a riot and if there's people that you know listen to those episodes If there's people you never heard of listen to those episodes as well because they're gonna land you with brilliant gems of tales that we've told them and seriously guys some of them oh my goodness. If you've enjoyed the show, make sure you rate us on your podcast platform of choice. It's a really cool, easy way that you can support the show and genuinely helps us be found by loads of new people. Next week, my guest is the brilliant Tim MacArthur. He's a legend of the London theatre scene, and you may also know his friend, Sister Mary MacArthur. So we're going to have a riot talking to Tim next week. But for me, that's it. Uh, Thank you very much from Caroline, from John Webb Carter, our co-producer and myself thank you for listening and taking your time i hope you've had a good time and i hope we've made you forget about the world the rain and the cold winds because let's face it it's basically winter now but until we speak to each other again i bid you farewell have a lovely week wash your hands wear your mask and remember don't call us we'll call you ta-ra everyone